0: The Bible says that in the very beginning, God created everything. Everything that there is, has been, or ever will be, the Bible says God created all of it, and it was good. There was no disease, there was no death, no sadness, no wars, suffering, or tears. It was perfect. And our first parents, Adam and Eve, experienced it. It was Paradise. So they had all the food that they wanted to enjoy and eat, but there was no love handles as a consequence. There were relationships, but no arguments and heated fellowship and abuse or divorce. It was perfect. There was work, but no office cubicles or I 24 traffic. It was delightful. And it wasn't a fairy tale, it was a reality, a very real place. And What's more, God was there, God himself. He walked with them and talked with them and would do life with them. And it was more than just hanging out. He spent time intimately with them, perfectly known, perfectly loved and accepted. And they really only had one prohibition. If you have read the Bible, it says, do not eat, God told them. From the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And if you do, you will what? What did he tell them would happen? They will surely die. Well, Satan came along and he placed a seed of doubt in their lives. And he said, gods he's not really good. And he really can't be trusted. He's trying to keep things from you. That seed of doubt actually still lives in our hearts today. And he said, you don't have to obey God. And, and In fact, if, if you do disobey, you're not going to die. You'll, you'll be okay. The very first lie ever told in Scripture was this. You won't die. And every time we attend a funeral today, we're reminded Satan's a liar. But but God tells the truth. See, death was not a part of the original creation that God made until sin entered the world. And for most of us today, death is not something we consider much. And in fact, it's really sort of a far off reality. We don't have a ton of firsthand experience with it. You know, for most of us, we don't harvest, kill, and eat our own food. Many of us have very limited interaction with the elderly and When we do experience death, most of the time it's cleaned up. And so today there aren't funerals, there are celebrations of life. We're never really confronted with death itself. It's really, it's not something we spend a ton of time around. And when we do, it's sort of varnished and, and cleaned up. And we live in this euphemistic society where we're bulletproof. But some of us, some of us have been up close and personal. You've had the moment where there was an unexpected phone call. And left you speechless. That can't be. How? And the rug has just been pulled out from under you. You, You're acutely aware in that moment, okay, there is an eternity that awaits all of us. And what we've been studying in this four-week series, what is the gospel, the good news of Jesus, is that for those who choose to believe, In eternity, there is a real place called heaven with our creator, God. But it's also true that for those who don't, there is a real place called hell for those who don't believe. And see, Satan planted a lie in the world. Our first parents believed that God wasn't good and they disobeyed and sin and death have been a part of our world. But God responded with a promise on the heels of their sin. He said, I'm going to send a rescuer. I'm going to send a savior. And the entire Old Testament is saying he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. And then he came. And because of Jesus, what we've learned is, hey, although our bodies may die, we don't have to perish. Eternal life is offered. And so we've been studying John 3.16 for four weeks now. And we've looked at so many different parts of it, but today we're we're learning this. For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have, what's the word? Eternal Eternal life. And eternity, that the Bible describes here, doesn't simply describe a length, of days or a length of life no it's also describing a type of life that you get to have both in this world and the next it's not just length it's quality it's not just quantitative it's qualitative because living forever isn't necessarily a good thing i mean imagine if you lived forever and you just had this loop of the worst groundhog day you could imagine that would not be a good day the worst chore you could imagine ever having to do imagine forever waking up and spending your entire day doing that like micro dirty jobs every day for eternity how many of y'all are signing up for that what about signing up and going every day when you wake up you're going to be nauseous and throw up on the hour every hour any takers for that eternal life What about waking up and going, hey, you're going to have an itch that you can't scratch on your back, and when you finally get to it, it's going to move around for the rest of your life and the next. Living forever isn't necessarily a good thing. And so eternal life isn't just about length. It's about the type of life that you get to live. And what Jesus offers is eternal life, both in this life and the next. In this life, we we get to experience the resurrection power, the life of Jesus, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, peace, confidence, joy, hope in this world. And then we get to carry that on into eternity when our faith becomes our sight. But we get that here and now as well. But the opposite is also true. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have eternal life. And so in this world, you, you don't have peace, joy, hope. And then you will not carry that on into the future. In fact, it will be hopeless and joyless forever. And for some of us, we, we think everything that God has for us and all of the goodness and the blessings of eternal life are waiting for us when, when we die. So all of a sudden when we die eternal life so this world i just have to endure because eternal life is waiting for me when i die it is not a power that's available to me now i don't get to live in that now i have to wait until i die but that's not what this word eternal life is describing This word is describing that when I respond to Jesus in this world, eternal life becomes mine right now. The power, the hope, the joy, the peace of Jesus now. Limited and imperfect, but it's mine right now. And then later when I step into eternity, I will experience it in the fullness of glory that I cannot fully comprehend. You get a life now that circumstances don't have the power to disrupt because we are people of the future living right now. And the apex of what we're learning in John three 16, four weeks of studying isn't that eternal life is waiting for you when you die. It's that abundant life is available to you right now and will continue when you die. God's not offering you comfortable complacency or miserable mediocrity. Just hang out until you die. That's not what's happening here. And in fact, Jesus is so closely connected to eternal life, it's part of his characteristic, and you can't be around him without asking about it. And if you remember the context of John 3.16, it's in a conversation that this religious leader named Nicodemus had with Jesus. And Nicodemus came with a fascinating question. And it wasn't, how long do I live? It was, how do I get the type of life that you're offering? He wants to know how to experience the type of life that Jesus exudes. He wasn't attracted to a long life. He's attracted to depth and meaning. He's like, man, I've been being religious all my life, and I'm not fulfilled. I'm looking for answers. So, Jesus, would you you help me? Nicodemus had his own first century problems. But the reality is we've got our own 21st century problems. And our 21st century problems are that we are so distracted. Any momentary opportunity that we have for silence, we immediately interrupt and numb ourselves out with some form of distraction. Our phone, the TV, the radio, you name it. And so we go through life and we don't give a ton of thought to what eternity actually means. And because we don't do that, as believers, we end up doing the one thing that God told us not to do, which is make this world our home. And everyone is living like tomorrow is just going to be there and is promised and guaranteed. Like next year, 2024, is promised to all of us. But it's, it's not. We live in this short window of time and God uses... Silence and moments to convict and teach and shape us. But I don't know about you, but most of the time I just justify what I want to do. Anybody else with me? No? Lying today? That's what what you're going to go with? You're going to choose that route? Okay. So often we say we believe something, but when we measure our lives against it, we kind of pull back and go, something doesn't really line up. And that's true for me and that's true for you. But here's what Jesus said. He said, anyone in this world who seeks to save his life is going to lose it. But for those who would choose for my sake to lose their life, they're going to find it. And so John 3.16, it's the safety of the Christian life that to live is Christ. And to die to self in this world and ultimately to die is gain. To die to myself in this world and then to meet him in eternity is gain. It's eternal life. And for most of us as Christians, we have studied the Bible and we believe heaven is out there and it is secure and it is fine and it is perfect and it streets a goal and it's waiting on me. I'm not worried about it. It's fine. That's not your battle. Your battle is not believing that that's secure out there. Here's your battle. Your battle is trying not to save your life in this world. But instead to be losing it for his sake. That's your battle. There's a famous author in speaker named Francis Chan, and he's got this really old illustration. Some of you perhaps have seen it, maybe some of you have not, but I think it's really powerful. I want to share it with you. And he, he brings out a rope much, much larger and longer than mine. In fact, his goes all the way across the stage. It's the longest rope I have, so deal with it. But I, I want you to imagine that, that this rope goes down off of the stage, out of the worship center, through the lobby, into the parking lot, out Nolansville through Nashville, go 40, hit the East Coast, go around the world, and never stop. This is an eternally long rope. And this rope is like a timeline of your existence, he says. And do you see the black part? Yes or no? You see the black part? The black part represents your time here on earth. And the white which goes down off the stage, out through the lobby, parking lot, around the world, never stops, represents the eternity that, that waits on us. And the reality is, he points out, he's like, we have so few years. And what we do here is the one thing that impacts how we experience all of this that never stops. And what's so crazy is that for most people, all we ever think about is this right here. Man, I want to make sure I, I get into this school and I get this job, and then I do this, and then I want to work really, really hard, and then I'm gonna save, 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 so that right here, in this little part right here, I can really enjoy life. Man, I'm gonna travel, man, I'm gonna eat well, I'm gonna really have a good time right there. Are you kidding me? What about all this? And he says, what we do right here determines everything that we get to experience right here. Why wouldn't I choose to lose my life for his sake and enjoy the life he offers me here, his mission, his purpose, his passions, his will, not mine. Surrender, follow. Instead of just comfort and Pleasure and self. Because what I do right here, it determines all of this. And, and, and once, once this part's over, it's over. I don't get a second chance. <laughs> I don't get to go back and try again. And this part can end at any moment. And so my wife and I, we are just convinced we are not going to waste our time in this part. And some people think, man, Wade, you're crazy. That is foolish. Why would you make those decisions? Why would you do that? Well, in my mind, I'm like, I'm not the foolish one. (laughs) You think I'm crazy, but you're crazy. So I don't say any of that. Here's what I say. I say, oh, bless your heart. (laughs) I am not dumb or foolish. Believing that everything that I choose right now, I do because what I do here impacts all of this. And this is short and this is limited and it could be over for me tomorrow. So I'm not wasting my time. And Jesus says to you that this this eternal life that most of you are waiting for and dreaming for actually can be experienced and is offered to you right now. So that everyone who believes would not perish, but have eternal life. You get the life of Jesus in this world And you get to carry it on into the next. And eternity is not a better place. It's a better person named Jesus. And the abundant life of Jesus is offered to you in this world and the next. And it is not perfect and it is just a picture of it. But we get to taste it here and we carry it into the next. And it's only offered through Jesus. In fact... He said this in John 14, 6. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And I've told you this before. See, Jesus is the way. If you don't know where you're going, you're not getting there. He's the way. He's the truth. If you don't know what to believe, then you're never going to get there. And He's the life. Without Him, there is no living. And then, he, he put a definite article in the Greek in front of it. The way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus was crucified over three letters. T-H-E. I am the only way to have life in this world and the next. And so they crucified him because of it. Penn Gillette, the uh, famous atheist, said, It is not compassionate to lie to people. Jesus isn't lying. He's telling the truth. Most people just don't like what he says. But there is an eternal life waiting for you. And the reality is, we are born dead in sin. Separated from our creator. And there's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. God sent his son Jesus, our Savior and Lord to be crucified, buried and rise again so that we could have eternal life and through faith in him we get eternal life now and we carry that eternal life on into the future and in this series we have been praying that you would think carefully about what you believe about Jesus and where you stand in your relationship with Jesus and so what I've done is I've prepared a couple of Questions like really to ask you, or you could ask yourself to really kind of examine the Bible says if we are in the faith. And so, if you want to know, like, how do I know that I have eternal life, not only in this world, but when I die, I'm going to be with Jesus forever in that eternal life. Here's a couple of questions. They may not be the best questions or the perfect questions, but they're the questions I got and they're the questions you're going to get. So, think about it this way How do I know that I have eternal life? Number one, What do you believe about Jesus? Believing in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection as payment for your sin is necessary. It's essential. No matter how righteous we may appear, You're never going to earn your salvation. You're never going to be good enough. You don't just arrive in the kingdom of God. And so this series is called, What is the Gospel? And so we've been explaining the gospel, the good news of Jesus this way. And you have to believe some form of this. Like you could write it a little bit differently, but you have to believe the essence of this. That the good news, that's what gospel means. About our Savior and Lord, and that is both what he did and who he is. Savior, Redeemer, and Lord God, Jesus Christ. Was crucified to save us from our sins. You can't save yourself. He was buried for three days, but resurrected to make us his sons and daughters and secure our eternity in heaven. Like you, you, you have to believe that. You have to believe who Jesus is. And so we've been studying John 3:16, that God loved the world and his love. Is an eternal love that isn't based on my past or my present or my future because he loved me before I had one. He was loving me before I was rebelling against him. He loved me. And not because I'm lovely, but because he's lovely. He loved me in this way. Gave his one and only son. Jesus was sacrificed for us. So that everyone who believes, regardless of race, gender, ethnicity, it doesn't matter, will not perish but have everlasting life. We cannot add to or take away anything from Jesus' sacrifice. When he said it's finished, it is. And if you were to consider or someone to consider Jesus as an option for eternity, then that is not an option you can choose. Because he is not one option among many. He is the way, the truth, and the life. and so. What, what do you believe about jesus christ that's number one number two, like a changed life. The Bible says that that we were dead and God made us alive, takes out a heart of stone, puts in a heart of flesh. the Holy Spirit indwells us, and so a life of a believer will demonstrate like a fruit of the holy spirit there's going to be evidence that God himself, the Holy Spirit, has taken up residence in my life. And a Christian will look more and more like their Savior. Now, I didn't say perfect. I didn't say we don't stumble and we don't fall. Look, I am a mess and my knees are bloody from falling all the time. But there is evidence of a changed life. And without evidence of a changed life, the reality is the life has probably not been changed. So There's evidence of a changed life. And then lastly, ongoing discipleship. Let me ask you a question. How many of y'all have ever started something that you said, this is going to be the best thing I'm ever going to do. I'm going to do it the rest of my life and then quit it. Okay. Your kids were like, I'm going to get a dog and I'm going to love it. I'm going to feed it. I'm going to bathe it. I'm going to wash it. And I'm going to take care of it. And I'll always take it out. And I'll always clean up after it. And they did that for three days. And after that, like, I don't even want the dog. You know what I'm talking about? You cannot go, I love Jesus, I'm going to follow Jesus, all this, and then just quit Jesus. Because Jesus doesn't quit anybody that belongs to him, and anybody that belongs to him doesn't quit Jesus. You can't lose your salvation. It doesn't belong to you. It's a gift of God through grace. And there are seasons of up and down and struggle and turmoil, and it is a fight. It is a long obedience in the same direction. It's a wrestling with sin. It's a Hatred sometimes of the way I act. It's, it's a fight. But there's ongoing discipleship. You will keep walking with Jesus if you ever belong to him. You can't quit Jesus if you belong to him because he'll never quit you. He don't let you. Well, I've turned my back. He's in your future. You're not going anywhere if you belong to him. Two steps forward, one step back. It's a progress. And after four weeks of Studying what is the gospel, I just want you to take a moment and and examine yourself. 2 Corinthians 13.5 says, It's good that we examine ourselves to see if we're in the faith. So I don't want to inflict unnecessary doubt. And I can remember at times in my life praying like, just in case prayers. (laughs) But I believe that there's a certainty that you can live with. But I also believe that some people walk through life with false assumptions. What do you believe about Jesus? Is there evidence of a changed life? And if you've been claiming the name of Jesus for years, is there ongoing discipleship? If so, praise God. I've been walking with him for 25 years, and gosh, man, there's so many hills and valleys and stumbles and stories, and if you knew the stuff that I still try to wrestle and root out of my life you probably wouldn't want me to be your pastor like I'm human like you but don't assume that the eternal life that Jesus offers is yours know that it is be confident that it is And if you're not sure, and if you're not confident, then today step into that confidence. Just ask, God, I wanna know that I belong to you. I know that I'm a sinner, it's apparent, but you're the savior and I wanna belong to you. Would you save me? I wanna place my life in your hands as my Lord and savior. And I wanna spend my life dying to self and living for you and experiencing eternal life in this world and then carrying it on to the next. Today, would you do that? Don't don't leave without doing that. You could do that privately between you and the Lord, and I don't want you to grab that card. I don't want you to write on there. I want to know and follow Jesus. And me and my team, we're going to follow up with you this week. I can't think of a better way to finish a four-week series on what is the gospel than by you believing the good news of Jesus. That God loved the world in this way. He gave His one and only Son. So that whosoever believes in Him would not perish, but have eternal life. Let that be true for you today.